This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is never too difficult to motivate. Now, mm. now, what is it about North London? Uh, that's twice we've had our pants taken down by our North London rivals, and highly unpleasant it is too. Uh, you can't fault Arsenal, who had a game plan, stuck to it, and carried it out ruthlessly, exposing all of Chelsea's current shortcomings. But the big question on everyone's lips after the match... Whose fault was it? Maurizio Sarri was in no doubt. The players. He roundly coated them off in his post-match presser and for the avoidance of doubt he spoke in Italian through a translator just to make sure they got the message. He accused them of having a weak mentality, not up for the fight as much as Arsenal, lacking sufficient motivation, mental solidity and determination and the final blow. These players are extremely difficult to motivate. Damning and arguably true, but we've seen Chelsea managers criticise the players publicly before, and we all know how that story ends. Has Maurizio just committed managerial saricide? Oh, that's a great, great phrase. I kind of great feel like phrase that is. <laughs> all right, okay. Hang on, hang on. I think I kind of it felt, it felt like I needed some dramatic music there at the end of that. But there you go. Anyway, without without further, I'll, I'll edit it in. I'll edit it in. Why I don't I do that? Uh, anyway. Uh, no, it was a bit late, love. It's after the fact, love, you know. But well, thank you. I, I thank you, Jonathan. That's uh, duly noted. There. You're, you're all too um, on the ball now. I'm a bit slow today. Well, there mm. you go. Oh, bless. Busy day? Very. Mm. Mm. All right, matey. Don't panic. You're in good company yeah. tonight. All right. Now, the title of this little little vignette of a show is the Chelsea Fancast number 447. And you all know the title... It's Saricide, with a big question mark. Now, you've probably heard a few people muttering in the background. That that would be my esteemed panel for tonight. And they are, of course, the lovely but sadly tired Jonathan I'll try and get me energy up, Chidge. I'll try and make an effort. I think when you've got to hear what I'll say, I think then there'll be some sparks flying. 
Mm, okay. That's uh, I, he's thrown down the gauntlet he, he there, Tony, certain, hasn't he? he How are you feeling? Has, hasn't he? Because <laughs> um, yes, uh, it's great to be here, Chidge. And um, as I said in my email to you earlier, I've got plenty to say. Mm. Well, uh, luckily, I mean, we've got two nutters on the show tonight <laughs> who will have loads to say. There is no doubt. No, uh, well, I said two. It could have been any any two of me, you, and Jonathan. It, to it's be Liam fair, and, it's you Liam know. But anyway, luckily. Well, I said any two. Any two of you, me, or Tony. No. So what does that tell you? It tells you that I think that Liam is very sensible and will give us perspective and insight like he always does. Uh, Liam, absolutely delightful to have you back with us. It's been way too long. Always a pleasure, gents. Excellent. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it because I know for a fact that Liam was in the uh, the Sari presser, which must have been quite remarkable. But uh, before we get on to that... On the show tonight, uh, we're going to look back at a sour defeat to Arsenal, which revealed the same old weaknesses in the players and Sarri's tactics. In part two, we ask whether Sarri's public criticism of the players will end in his departure. Should he take some of the responsibility? Is it all down to the players? In part three, uh, we continue the discussion and ask if it's a, a question of square pegs and round holes. And whose fault is that? And uh, will Higuain solve all the problems or are they deeper than that uh, how important of course is Thursday's match against Spurs to Sarri's future and is Champions League football next season now in jeopardy after defeat even to Arsenal and finally Jonathan has a couple of emails to read out and I will wrap up with the usual parish notices including a quick plug for the Hyundai uh, for the extra mile competition which gives UK supporters a chance to win match tickets and merch uh, to enter, you just uh, just share how you've gone the extra mile following Chelsea on their blog page. And, of course, you can find a link to that uh, on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Uh, I think it's pinned to the Twitter account, at Chelsea Fancast, and it's quite easy to find on the, the Facebook one, which is the, the Facebook page, Chelsea Fancast. So there you go. Now, of course, don't forget you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page and of course you can always tweet at Chelsea fancast during the show tell us what you think about the games and anything else on Chelsea and it's delightful to see so many bloody people in Mixler good god there's loads tonight well done well, so there you go there's nothing nothing like a horrible shitty defeat to Arsenal to bring everybody out for a collective bit of therapy and a good old moan-up, I reckon. So good to see you. Uh, no particular order. Private Cat, Mike Ferry, Nobby Steelers, Glide Like Boger, Billy Shears Blue, Andrew Self, Chrism23, Jean-Paul Guevara. Uh, oh, Tony Glover's in there. Fancy that. Torhouse. I did see Paul Crowder in there a minute ago, which is brilliant to see Paul. We love Paul. Uh, and I mean, so I can't read you all out. There's so many of you, but I'm really... Oh, Jack Around a Chick. There you go. Ozzy broke my... Broke, signed my broken leg. Dean Mears... John Chips, Chiverton, Praj, Sevman, oh, Breedsy, there's Andrew Self, goodness me, there's so many in there, it's fantastic, love seeing you all in there, it's brilliant. Right, in a minute or two, uh, we will be talking all about the Arsenal-Chelsea match.
Right, you lovely people. Um, I mean, where where does one start? I mean, well, I'll tell you where we're going to start. What we're going to do is we're going to we're going to talk about the game, as it were, and the the shortcomings therein. And then in part two, we're we'll get the lowdown from Liam. I, I think in particular about Sarri's presser. It seemed to be the right way to do it, even though uh, the Sarri presser was probably the big news story, really. Uh, but let's go chronologically. Um, I had a very bizarre experience uh, watching this. I shall preface all of this with this point because I was, as I was saying to the chaps before we went on air, I was doing the uh, the score program for Love Sport, which is kind of, you know, their their equivalent of uh, you know what Jeff Stelling does on Sky, uh, and is very very hectic and rather bizarre. Um, and I was kind of watching. I was watching the match on a on an iPad, so I wasn't and trying to do about fifteen other things as well. So. It was hard to kind of take it all in, but even I could see, even I could see with that that, you know, it was a very limp start, very like it was against Tottenham uh, when we got Bosch three one, um, and and like Spurs, Arsenal pressed us with huge energy and effectiveness, and we didn't, and and we just looked nervous and just not enough energy really, terrible, terrible defending, which no doubt we'll talk about, um, and there was there's a kind of a, a you know a sense that that like like Sarri really said after the presser, which is kind of they Arsenal wanted it more, and I did talk about this a couple of days before uh, the match, saying, "Well, you know, it might well boil down to that because, of course, if they won, they'd only be three points behind us and back in it, and if we won, we'd knock them out of the title race, uh, the, the top four race. So, who would want it more?" And it was sad to see that it was basically Arsenal. But I mean, Jonathan, the the the, the energy, the terrible defending. Where do you want to start, mate? Um- well, they they went at it like um, demons, didn't they, Arsenal? They uh, they completely uh, from the very beginning, four and five players on uh, to nearly everybody. It was just um, it was uh, it was the same as Spurs all over again, as you said. But I always think in that instance, you, all you need to do is weather the storm to an extent because they can't keep that up for ninety minutes, as was the case because they didn't keep it up for ninety minutes. And in the second half, everybody seems to be have just um, stated that Chelsea were feeble and that uh, uh, um, and every media outlet has just had a go. But the reality was, was that uh, I've got several Arsenal friends who agreed with me, was the second half wasn't as bad, which appears to be the case because opposition can't maintain that level of energy. So um, uh, it was it, it, we tried to weather the storm, but they were they were inexorable. They were completely excellent in that period. And I wonder whether he says this business about motivation. I wonder when actually fact he's not talking about motivation. He's talking about the ability to fight, which we appear, which we, we're not dealing with very well. We're struggling in this, these instances. And the main problem is, of course, once again, that Jorginho was completely stifled. So that you're not going to get the ball out of defence quickly enough. But I felt um, uh, once again, if uh, on the, the one, the two breaks that we had, if uh, if Pedro had scored, it would have a com- completely different complexion to the game. Um, and this all stems from the fact that I, I, I know we were given a drubbing, but I thought they just had this plan that they went for. And I don't really know how we could have got out of it other than perhaps breaking the game up in the way that then Arsenal did in the second half. The Arsenal then in the second half played dark arts football because... Uh, they realised that they'd run out of energy and weren't playing terribly well. And so they all got cramped. They will fall over. The ball goes out for throw, long, ridiculous throw-ins, um, which was the proof that we were actually coming back into it. Um, and so the, the whole the whole 
my whole argument in this instance is, and, I, and Tony will will go for me here, is that I'm still a complete Sarri fan, and I think the major problem that he's got is is that uh, I, I know the major problem that he's got is that when he talks about about um, motivating, I think it's motivating to play his way because they're just not getting further enough, they're not getting forward enough. And they're not pushing enough. And Arsenal just pushed them mm. and pushed them. But it was the energy of the pushing. And somehow we've got to counteract that in the first 20 minutes. And But otherwise, I, I, I'm still seeing the same things every time, which is that the, the whole idea of his game is, is terrific. And if he can get it to work, it'll be like watching Man City. It may be, ultimately, that we don't have the right players for it. And it may be that Higuain mm. solves yeah. the problem that he might be the man who makes it work. But you can see what happens is, is they start losing enthusiasm themselves and they just don't push forward. He spends most of his time trying to push them up because they stop playing the way he wants. And that, that's what I, I think he means. I don't think he means that they're difficult to motivate. Well, this, this is something we said on Friday, yeah, wasn't it, Jonathan? Yeah. You know, that, that our forwards... You know, we were talking about the Man City yeah. game, weren't we? Yeah. And they just don't press. Listen, I think I think something something they could have done. And I, I tell you what, I was really disappointed by this because all week I'd be saying, well, you know, Arsenal are ropey at the back and we can't score, and we're good at the back at the moment. And 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 but they've got good forwards. And actually, we I thought we defended terribly for those two goals. I mean, they were both set pieces effectively. Yeah, they were. Uh, and I mean, Tony. T- Tony, that was wasn't that just shocking? I mean, if you go two nil down and you're playing against us, you know, Arsenal would have thought, well, we're two nil up. They aren't going to score three goals. We might as well sit back. Yeah, I, 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 I can't take any criticism of Arsenal. They, you know, if we execute a game plan uh, and we do it well, um, then that's brilliant. Um, and what Arsenal did was brilliant. I, I like. I quite like Emery. I think he's a breath of fresh air into their team. It couldn't have been easy for him to take over. But just to for us, um, uh, I am going to disagree with Jonathan. I don't think we've progressed in the slightest. Um, I, I've never been so bored watching Chelsea play. And I include even some of the Dowris Mourinho games in it. I, I just sitting there thinking my season ticket money um, is just, yeah, it's, it's dreadful. I, I, and I'm not the only one. Uh, and I know, it, you know, um, I, I'm not going to jump on Jonathan all over this because he's got a, a, a very valid point of view from his perspective and very optimistic. Uh, me, on the other hand, um, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll know that I did a podding shed last week and I've got another phrase that I've... Uh, I've got arsenification and arse gravy, I believe. Um, and I'm going to add a new one. To, I'm going to add a new <laughs> one, Chidge. What we're watching at the moment is football dressage. It's fucking sideways, dancing... Pony show pony football, um, pretty footwork uh, to no purpose as far as I can see. And uh, I think Arsenal knew that before the game. You know they knew. That, I think the minute we put false nine up, and I know you'll come into that in a minute. Um, they just must have been rubbing their hands with glee. I'm, I'm really, really don't think I've ever felt like this. I don't even think I felt this bad when AVB was in charge. But with Scolari, maybe all I'm seeing is just, you know, I don't want Barcelona football. It it worked for Barcelona, but there's been plenty of other teams. You know, uh, I look at the revival in Manchester United, uh, and you know they are genuinely playing some great stuff. But I've said it to you before, Chidge, 
Alex Ferguson knew when to do the fancy stuff and he knew when to grind it out. Um, we've lost the ability to do both. That's my view. It's very pessimistic, but, you know, football dressage, mate. You are. Well, well look, Tony, <laughs> Tony, mate, I, I, you know, I, know, I know you're suffering at the moment as well, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best yes, to cheer you, you up. Let, let's get some uh, perspective. Your voice some... Oh, well, that's good. Well, there we go. I feel better already. Uh, let's get some perspective on this morass from uh, the one and only Liam Toomey. I mean, I think, I think you know, th- there's a lot of valid points from all sides there, really, Liam. But h- how did you see it on Saturday? Well, yeah. Because I, I, I... I'll be honest with you, Liam. I, I, just before you start, Liam, I, I, I did read your player ratings and they were, they were just, <laughs> you eviscerated them. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I don't think anyone got, I think the only player who got higher than a four was Kepper. I thought Kepper was actually quite good. Um Mm. And he had to be. <laughs> mm. But, it, I mean, it felt very <laughs> Spurs in November from the very first minute, didn't it? I, I, I remember being at Wembley for that game. And in the first 60 seconds, you could see two teams operating at completely different speeds and intensities. And in that sense, I do I do agree with Sarri in that, yes, I mean, the, the, the tactics contribute to what you're seeing on the pitch. But if one team is fundamentally running faster and further than, than the other team, um, that's going to make a huge difference to the way the game's going to go. And, and Tottenham did that from the first first minute in November and Arsenal did it from the first minute this weekend. Um, but I do, I, I take, uh, there are bits I agree with from, from JK and, and from Tony there, I think. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's, the people that are criticising Sarri's football the Chelsea fans that are criticising Sarri's football at the moment, I think you have to be aware when you're criticising it that this isn't what Sarri wants to see either. This isn't his style of football. Um, it's He's trying to impose his style of football, but Chelsea aren't particularly close uh, to, to succeeding at it. And I actually think they were probably closer in September than they are now um, in the way they're playing. They're, it's possession football, but it's really slow sterile possession they're taking five six touches when they should be taking one or two maximum that's if you watch Sarri's Napoli everything was one or two touches it was much closer actually to sort of Klopp's Liverpool and Sarri has compared himself most closely to Klopp in terms of his his style of play and and when you hear him talk about his football and then watch what his team's doing on the pitch the, the two things are completely different so there's a disconnect somewhere and then the the question you have to ask yourself is why and I think he clearly doesn't have the personnel to do what he wants to do in certain positions. I mean, the false nine, I think it can, it can work, but only if, only if Eden Hazard wants it to work. And I think he's decided quite a while ago now that he's just not interested in playing that position. So when he's, when he's put there, he he deliberately goes everywhere else on the pitch. Um, And when he does, Chelsea, which is, which is just, yeah, sorry, Liam. I just want to butt in on that because I think that's a really, really good point. It's pretty bloody obvious he doesn't like playing there. And but, but I mean, you know, what what should we think of a player? I mean, personally, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't play him there. He doesn't like it. I don't think he's the answer there. Uh, I think you know we may have we could have played somebody like Pedro, for example, or or whatever. But what you know, what do we think of a player who? you know, just basically says, well, I, I'm going to do what you tell me, so I'm just going to do what I want. I mean, that's not really... That's, he's a professional footballer. I don't care who he is. You know, you can't do that, well, surely. We've seen, the, we've seen it before, though, haven't we? 
other players, Joe Cole, um, David Luiz, arguably, when I think Mourinho, or, or I can't remember if it was Mourinho, tried to push him into midfield. You know, I mean, players do react that way, don't they? I don't think Hazard is by any means an exception to that. Um, uh, it, you know, he play, he wants to be played to his strengths. He, he didn't like Mourinho asking him to track back. And to be fair, Conte didn't ask him to track back and neither has Sarri. But I think they are a bit egotistical and they are a bit... Um, what's the word I'm looking? Prima donna, aren't they? Let's face it. Well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, throughout throughout mm, his anyway. Chelsea career, Hazard has consistently been the player in the team, given the most freedom freedom to deviate from the plan and do what he wants to do on the pitch and improvise. And a lot of the time, you know, Chelsea have been a much better team for that because allowing Hazard, allowing great players to make decisions on the fly, generally results in good things happening. But the the problem when you put Hazard at false nine and, and his natural instinct is always to come towards the ball, is that you. You have Angolo Kante bombing into the box like um, like prime Frank Lampard. Unfortunately, he can't finish like prime Frank Lampard for all of his other brilliant gifts. And Chelsea have no one else in the box. And the wingers, you know, I've spoken to Sarri about this a couple of times. Um, and he wants the wingers to attack the space that Hazard creates by pulling deep. Willian doesn't do that because he's wired the same way as Hazard. He likes to come towards the ball and get it to feet. The only person he does is Pedro, which is why he's actually got some brilliant chances in the last few games because he's actually executing the game plan. But he's pretty much the only yeah, person who is in that front yeah. line. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, you've got you've got structural problems throughout the team. You know, Jorginho, I think is is looking a little bit leggy. We have to remember this is his first season in England, and he's and he's played through the winter for the first time. He's not been rotated much. You know, Sarri can talk about we need a replacement for Fabregas. He didn't use Fabregas all that much when he had him. To be honest, he he, he still played Jorginho an awful lot of minutes, um, and that's going to pay, pay a toll at some point. And and then. The fullbacks, I think, are probably not ideally suited for what Sarri wants to do either. Alonso is a little bit too slow at both ends of the pitch. Um, and as Piliqueta, I think, is a little bit reluctant to get forward, understandably at times when Chelsea are struggling, but it, it does unbalance the team a little bit and makes the right side, in particular, a little bit toothless. So there, there are issues everywhere. But they're not absolutely right. They're not, yeah. they're no, not there are indeed. It's got Jonathan. Sorry, mate. They're not the plan at all. Um, and 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 that's but they as you say they were earlier on and I just think it's leading to uh, um, the the sterility that uh, Tony mentions and I agree but as as you say the reality is that that it's not supposed to be like this and uh, and these desire this demands for Sarri's head and the fact that he doesn't know what he's doing are completely misplaced and I'm not being optimistic I do just have to as you say you just have to look at Napoli as the as the template. And it is two touch, and it's supposed to be like Liverpool. And and they and they, I suppose one of the criticisms you could say, well, you know, they should be giving Emerson a, a go instead of Alonso. They should be playing a doy. But you know, once again, if it's not working in training, or these players are playing better in training, it, it's difficult for him to make those those judgments. And I think the the key to this is Jorginho. And I think Jorginho has not only been leggy; I think he's been a bit sussed because he, <laughs> he's, he's not. Uh, He's, he's not um, he's not playing the ball uh, with any degree of, of confidence, and he keeps giving it away. And it, and it's because some well, Jonathan all the time, most, you know. And it, it, sorry, what are you saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, I'm I'm agreeing with you entirely, and I think there's another reason for that. You know, this is the Premier League. Yeah. This is not yeah. Serie A. 
He gets no time on the ball. He's harassed all the time. He gets no time. I mean, you know, it's not only that he's he's not able to go forward because he hasn't got the time to do it. And I mean, okay, I, I accept that a little bit of that is to do with the lack of movement up ahead of him and all of that kind of stuff. But he's not even able to retain the possession because people just get on him like like shit, you know, you know, bees round honey. You call you choose your analogy, but you know, they get he gets no time on the ball. And that's deliberate. You know, that's that's the opposition managers going. You do that, and we control the and game. Yet, and yet, that obviously happened in Serie A from time to time, and there was a way round it. But I'm not seeing Sarri implement it. But this this media desire to say play Canty in his proper position, play all the players in their proper positions, um, it it doesn't work. He's not going to change his tactics. He the, the tactic is what what Napoli played. And what he wants to play, and as Liam says, he's not playing it, so it's not going to happen. So the you know on match of the day saying, "Oh, Canty's out of position. What's going on?" And there was something going the rounds from uh, um, some American channels. So people saying, "This is exactly right. There's no Plan B. There won't be a Plan B because Plan A isn't being executed properly yet. He's not going to go back to playing five at the back. I don't think he does. He doesn't do that. He's going to play his way, and his way." needs to be played um, much, much more quickly with everybody pressing and two touches. And it's not happening. And I think the club will support him because they see what he's trying to do. This is the first time somebody has come in and said, we're playing a completely different way. And look, there's the template. Uh, and I'm going to make it work. And the, the, the players, don't, for me, don't have the same power that they had under AVB or under um, uh, uh, even with Mourinho, they don't. It's not going to. It's not for me. That won't happen while while they're not achieving what is clearly a system that should work and isn't. Well, I, I disagree quite strongly mm. with that, but there you go. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good point because you know, and I think we're going to pick this yeah, up we later. Are. I've actually, seen the same, because, yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not jumping I, I, into that area. Yeah, well, I, I, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not criticising you for doing so because I'm kind of mulling it over in my head because I think, you know, what we've got here is is pragmatism versus idealism. And I, and I actually think that most football supporters are, are pragmatists rather than idealists, which is why they like to win and not to lose. Um, but I agree with Jonathan. He ain't going to change it. Um, but I just have a suspicion that, you know, if he... He can't get a tune out of these players. I mean, what's going to happen? Anyway, yeah. we'll pick up on that later. There is another thing that I think kind of feeds into this pragmatism thing or lack of it. I, I saw this remarkable, I think it was Rory actually, bless him. I could be wrong, but he put this up on Twitter. And it, it just really speaks of the predictability about our side. And that uncomfortably reminds me of the worst elements of, of Wenger, ironically, who would never bother thinking about how the other side would play or how oh, to counter this... that. It would all be focused on how we played. Is it the thing yeah. I'm looking it's at It's basically, now, it? it's his subs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, basically, uh, you know, the times vary, but but it tends to be, uh, you know, the last 20 minutes. He's, he's basically always subs either Barkley for Kovacic or Kovacic for Barkley. Uh, there's only been, I think, one time... I mean, it's bloody small, so I, my, my poor old eyes are finding this... Oh, no, it's all Kovacic yeah. for Barkley. So, you know, when he makes a sub, he tends to make it too late. And when he does make it, it's it's just like for like. And, and I mean, if you're 2-0 down and you want to get back in a game, surely something has to change, Liam. No, absolutely. And I think this is one area where you can uh, criticise Sarri pretty validly in that 
I mean, did anyone at any stage in that second half against Arsenal think that a comeback was even possible, let alone likely? No, no, absolutely not. I I, I thought that when they went 2-0 down, Liam, let alone the second half. uh, No, I felt there was a period, there was a small period where we were on top. And uh, but the trouble is, is where's the goal going to come from? Doesn't matter how much possession we have, because we Correct. suddenly opened, yeah. we, we we took them over. You know, but, yeah, but but I think that's because of the striking problem. And also, I really do think I think you're absolutely correct. I think Hazard isn't isn't really getting involved as much. I think he's he is slightly throwing his toys out of the pram. I, I yeah. feel that's part of it for me. Well, I don't but, think he's the only one, Jonathan. But I think that we do well. That's that is coming up. But I do think. You're right. I, I think I, I go back to we go we we go back to that season, don't we? When we finished tenth, downing tools and and the you know it was it, it was it was a bit like Brexit. You know, fifty percent of people said no, the players aren't downing tools, and the other fifty percent said they are. I suspect downing tools is not always a witting thing. I think it can be an unwitting thing. I think it can be. Um, and let's face it, it could be a demotivation, kind of. It could be because you're not motivated, um, and that's the whole thing, isn't it? And, and again, I know that that's coming up in the whole discussion around that. But uh, well, I tell you, tell you what, Tony, why don't why don't we segue to that? Let's have a little okay. break, and then we can go straight into that because you're right, it comes well into that whole Sari presser, doesn't it? So uh, right, and in fact, in part two, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to ask whether Sarri's public criticism of the players will, in fact, end in his departure, and should he take some of the responsibility, or is it all down to the players? We'll see you in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and uh, this, of course, is the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, while I've got your attention, uh, do check out the uh, website, ChelseaFancast.com. Lots of lovely blogs. I know Dean Mears is in the house. Dean, I need to put up your astonishingly brilliant Petr Cech blog. I, I, I feel terrible that I haven't yet, but I've been a very busy bunny, and Liam has gone... Not Liam. Gion has gone very, very AWOL. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm actually talking of uh, Dean. I will... I will send you the login details and you can put them up yourself, mate, because it's silly waiting on me. You bloody be waiting for Godot waiting for me. Anyway, enough. <laughs> enough of my woes. Uh, right. Um, Sarri's post-match presser meltdown. Um, I mean, it, I've got to say, it was uh, it was bizarre in a sense because he kind of had his, you know, translator there to, uh, you know, to, to make the point that he wanted to be absolutely clear in what he was saying. He wanted, I think, clearly the players to get... The message. I mean, you know, we'll we'll, we'll ask Liam first because he was there, and then and then then talk around it really. But uh, um, I mean, what did you and the assembled journalists think of it at the time, Liam? Well, I mean, Sari always comes into the room with a translator, um, and and usually they're just their duties are just confined to sort of whispering the question in Italian to him as it's being asked, and then he'll respond in English. Um, but the moment he said. I prefer to speak in Italian because I have a message from our players. I mean, you could feel a collective pricking up of the ears in the room because um, we all knew something big was coming. And then it was just, 
Yeah, it was it, it was pretty spectacular. Um, it, it, I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't quite my work has been betrayed, but it wasn't it wasn't a million miles off either. You know, it was it was very much no holds barred. I mean, Sari has has sort of dipped a toe down this path before earlier this season, um, talking about Chelsea approaching games with the wrong mentality. But this was you know, far beyond um, what anyone would have expected from, from post-match criticism. I guess the one thing you could say is that he didn't single out any players. Um, and that and that is, I think, the thing that does the most damage to a coach's relationship with with a dressing room. Um, but to, to go as far as he did and to suggest that this is a team that will never be known for its battling qualities and, and, and there is a you know, there's there's a mental fragility, and they're extremely difficult to motivate. Is uh, it's it's a big a big big claim, and I think I I don't think he's done it lightly. I think you know he he's definitely an emotional guy. I've I've seen him get annoyed after defeats before, but I also think there was a calculated element to this, in that he knows this is the second time this has happened this season, a performance like that, um, and he knows that they've got an absolutely huge game coming up on Thursday against Tottenham. So I think his, his his aim is quite clearly to get a reaction out of the players for that game. But the question that's very, very valid is, is this the right way to go about it, particularly with this dressing room, given what, we, what we've seen wow. from, from previous coaches over exactly. the last four years? That... that. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Mate, absolutely spot on, spot on. I mean, you know, this is the trouble. Uh, you know, uh, there was a lovely thing I saw around the weekend. You know, was he brave or, or stupid? <laughs> you know, I think possibly both because, you know, I, I can I see what you mean, Liam. Actually, it's a really interesting perspective on it. Thank you. We're so lucky that we got you on tonight, as serendipity would have it that we do. Um, but there, there is a sense to me that yes, it was very calculated, and 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 he was clearly trying to instigate some sort of change. But the thing is, is that we know that when this happens, when managers do this at this club in particular, we know how that story yeah. ends. You know, there is something about this collective group of players, and there has, and I, I mean, I wonder, I wonder actually if it's to do with the fact that. And I mean, Tony, Tony works in big yeah. organisations, so he'll know exactly what I mean. But if you see, you know, so many managers getting turned over at Chelsea, in a sense, I wonder if you, you lose some fear of them or respect for them because you know that they're basically going to get fired sooner or later. So you stand your ground, stick, yeah. your, you know, kick, stick your heels in because you know that you'll outlast them. I mean, is, that, is that a valid uh, point, absolutely. Tony? Absolutely. I, I think I will quote you a, a line from The Who. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Same um, as the old I boss. I think it's yes, very indeed. valid. I think, um, I think we've seen this before. I, I, you know, when when you do that publicly, um, and I will go back and say that Jose did it not quite as publicly as that. Um, uh, I think that Conte moaned about things, but he did not go that public and say things like that. And he was torn to pieces about negativity. Uh, I, I was genuinely shocked by it, and I think Sarri's side is possibly where it's heading. I, I I don't know how the board would have reacted to that, whether, it, whether we'd been given 
any kind of steer on, on being allowed to do that. It's remarkable. I mean, you don't often see that from any other managers, but I do think what you have, and I don't think it's, you, you, you said about this group of players, but we've seen it, if you go back to in Roman's time, okay, you could possibly argue before that player power may well have been more noticeable at our club, but I think it's the same in every football club now. I actually think that. Um, and I, well, well, look at United. Yeah. Look well, at United I, I with, with I Mourinho. Watched, I watch yeah. this and I highly recommend this to Mr. Kidd if he's if he's if he's listened to me, if he hasn't gone, Oh, it's Tony, I'm gonna bugger off for five minutes or whatever. Um, is to watch the watch the, <laughs> Well Jonathan recommended Sunderland till I die to me. Okay. And I watched it and he was absolutely nailed on, bang on. Watch the Bobby Robson Netflix programme. Because player power was what got him out of Newcastle. Okay. So this isn't just us. Wow. Um, and I think there is this now players yeah. are so valuable. They are such a valuable asset that they can collectively influence the people who are spending the money. OK, I genuinely believe that it's not like where I work, where they can just say, do you know what? We're going to lose 200 people. We'll do it very gradually over the next three months or whatever. In football, the players are such a, a valuable asset. There is, you know, you, we've talked, I've heard Liam sort of saying he hasn't got the personnel. He's not going to get wholesale change. He's not going to get eight or nine players out, eight or nine players in. Roman isn't going to do that anymore. OK, um, uh, we may well be forced to do it if any transfer ban comes up, which I doubt because we've been so open about our, our uh, uh, willingness to abide by FFP. I just think that when you go like that, it looks to me like the first step in, in, in losing, if you haven't already lost it. And it's no good people going to say to me, and I'm sure they're probably saying, oh, yeah, the players have come out and said they support Sarri. Fucking hell, they've done that every single time. You never heard a player come. Have you ever seen a player come and say, this manager's a wanker? Get rid of him. It never happens. Five years later, when they're in a documentary, they go, well, do you know what? This happened. Um, and I'm, I just think what he's done, aside from anything else, I would say this. If any of the managers at my place were in a meeting or any sort of forum where they publicly criticised that team, their team, that would be the end of them. That would be the absolute end of them. But you don't know what backing he's got from the board, though, Jonathan. Tony. You don't know what backing he's got. He may have been chatting to the board about this. We never know. It's not as if they're in a vacuum. It's not as if the board are in a castle somewhere and no, no. he speaks them, which is what lots of Twitter would believe, is the board are somehow a, a group of people who never who look down their noses at, at, at the club, well, at the, the players and the management. The board is they're Roman, all, isn't it? Let's be fair. I mean, indeed, of course the board is Roman, but he's with his representatives. But it could be that... Um, Roman is very keen on seeing this through. It could because be. It, because it's so different from the way we've played before. I know uh, there was an inkling, inkling of it with AVB, but I think, as you were saying, the, the player power then was, was, was greater because it was, mm. it was such personalities, which we're not seeing yeah. within this group. But I, 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 don't think, um, I don't think we can make a judgment that he's done this in a vacuum. We don't know. It may have been that he's... He's, you know, being a banker, he's he ex-banker, as is, is now given him as a kind of pejorative criticism. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's a banker. He knows nothing about football. It may be that he's gone to them before and said, look, this is in, or he constantly speaks to them. This is my plan to make this work. But they're not achieving it at the moment. And uh, I, I may have to I may therefore have to 
make some yeah. statements. Can, can I just back me over this? It's, I yeah. don't think he's doing it in a vacuum. Well, I, really I, I would say this. I would say this. So uh, this is just a little bit of insight. The chief exec of Chelsea Football Club was the former chief exec of the company that I work for, have done for 25 years. Okay. I took him a couple of times. I met him and took him and his guests around our our network operation centre, which was just this kind of supplementary role I've got myself because I'm a bit gobby and not exactly introvert. And his whole ethos was never, ever about publicly dishing it out. He was... I mean, he's the only chief exec I know that ever got a, a, a whip round and a present from the staff because of his his discretion and his way of dealing with things um, in a very deep and honest manner. So I can't see him. Wrong. Yeah, go out in public. You've got something completely wrong, Tony. The no, reality it is that but he's, he's, done this. he's done I'm this. To, to, one at a time, one at a time. To, he's Jonathan. to make a point. But, and he's but, done this, but perhaps, perhaps he yeah. wants out. Perhaps he wants out, if that's the case, if he knows that's not the way to behave, because that, that does sound like yes. suicide. Yeah. That sounds I mean, like, I, that I, sounds like I, a distinct I, desire to get out of it. I've made it very plain. He's not a man that I think is right for us. I, I just think a trophyless manager trying to tell a team that have won, you know, three major trophies in four years uh, is going to particularly work. However, I want him to succeed. I think that if you, if you go to any professional workplace, any kind of public, um, uh, public, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, where you, where you go out and you basically denigrate your team in front of other people publicly is pretty much the beginning of the end. It would be a very unusual senior management team that say, yes, we think that's a very good way of motivating people by going out and telling people they're hard to motivate. Uh, you know, that's just a personal... You know, from my own experience, I no, mate. I, 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 I think. Well, I think that's the point I was making, and we know how this story ends. I mean, I'm going to just change tack on this a little bit because I think one of the things that I thought that was most interesting, and I mean, actually, to be, I've read, I've read the uh, transcript of what he said, and there, there was a point where he kind of said, um, you know, that he has to take some responsibility. Um, but I thought this was particularly interesting that he, he, he felt that he, he couldn't change the character of the players. You know, they are what they are and, you know, all this idea that they're not going to fight and battle and that's because of their personalities. And, and this kind of all, you know, weaved into the whole, you know, they're too difficult to motivate. But surely, Liam, you know, that's his job. He is paid to motivate these players. That's that's the job of a manager, surely. How can he say that? Well, it's, a, it's certainly a big part of his job. Um, it's why they're, they're paid millions and it's why I think very few people had had sympathy with Jose Mourinho at, at Chelsea or Man United when he started talking about his players not being not being motivated enough. Um, yeah, I mean, it, what what struck me as strange about what Sarri said was was that he 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 almost made it sound like a lost cause in terms of the players' motivation, where he said this group of players will never be known as a group um, with their battling qualities, but we need to be a team that can adapt. And he's actually said this, this, I think this is an extension of something he's been saying for quite a long time, which is he's said since the opening weekend of the season that Chelsea aren't a physical team. Um, and it kind of went under the radar because it wasn't in itself a very headline quote, especially when Chelsea were winning. Um, but it, it, it's, it's strange. He seems to have come in and made this conclusion already. And, uh, and because of that, 
you know, it, it, it made it made the impact of that statement this weekend, I think, even more cutting. And it, and it's it'll be really interesting now to see how the players react. And I think I do kind of kind of think it's on a knife edge a little bit um, because it, if the, if there is a really limp performance against the Tottenham team that doesn't have Harry Kane, doesn't have Deli Ali, and doesn't have Song Son Heung Min. Um, and Chelsea go out of the League Cup, then things could things could spiral pretty quickly. Um, but I've but I've said since the start of the season, I, I still think this is the case that the only kind of red line um, for Sarri in terms of his job security is top four. Chelsea need to get back into the Champions League. Um, I know there was a big profit in mm. the in the latest financial results, but that was actually from the year they won the. That, that was actually from the year they were back in the competition um, last season. And they also banked a ton of money from player sales and loan fees and so on. The next set of results are not going to be great anyway. Um, and if you add another season of no Champions League football to that, then it's the kind of thing that can have a prolonged effect on, on a club's fortunes far more than any particular yeah. well, manager. Look at Liverpool a few yeah, years ago. it takes ago. a long time to recover. You know, it's I exactly mean, what happened. Yeah, it, the, it does. You've got the yeah, perception problem about attracting players as well. It's it's difficult. Mm, listen, I just want to, uh, again, change tack slightly because, you know, he, he's clearly put the emphasis onto the players by doing this. As I said, although he he kind of admitted some sort of responsibility. It was like kind of one-tenth of how he went into them. But I, I, I think he really does need to take some responsibility here. You know, he picks the same players week in, week out. Uh, he picks the ones that are out of form. I mean, and I think I think what really grinds a lot of people's gears uh, is the fact that he picks our two best players out of position. And, and I, I happen to be... I was at Love Sport on Saturday, as you know, on, on Sunday too, and I, I spoke to... Uh, Paul Mortar about this and I specifically asked him I said look you played at the highest level Paul um, how is that going to go down with the players when they see their the best two players in the side being rendered ineffective because they're playing being played out of position and he said they would not be on board with that at all and it will affect them and it would demotivate them frankly it would it would make the thing well what what the hell is that happening that's just nuts you know so I think he has to you know there, there he has culpability here Jonathan well oh. I don't know really um yeah, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean to say that he's not the man for the job or all of that, but there is, you know, evidentially there are, you know, he surely has to take responsibility for some of these. No, in, 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 indeed. Uh, the problem is, once again, I've just I don't know what it's like, like on the, the the training ground, whether he's got a sense of shame going with them. They don't feel they're achieving what he wants, and it may be that they're just not they're not managing it, and uh, uh, rather than being motivated, it's they're just not dealing with it very well. I'm just bewildered as to why they started off the season playing it so well and now they don't seem to be able to get the most basic elements of it right. Um, uh, but I see that there is no way that Kante can ever go back to playing in, a, in his old position um, because that would mean a completely different system. So, you know, if, if, if basically if we want to get Kante playing back in, in his probably best best defensive midfielder in the in the world um they'll have to get a, a different manager who will have to play yeah and there we go yeah, that's, that, that's that. exactly and that's where we yeah. are isn't it 
and that's that's what I think this has forced this issue. Uh, you know, uh, I think when I, when we say demotivated, uh, you know, players are not stupid. They 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 do have. A, I mean, look, we we we've got to a Champions League final as a club with the players managing the side because I tell you what, Avram Grant no. bloody well didn't. So they kind of they're not stupid. They they yeah. know, and and I think if they. If they, you know, if they see Kante playing played out yeah. there uh, on the right, and they see Hazard being played up front, they're thinking, well, what can is I, this madness? A... You know. And the other thing, just as a final, yeah. hang on, hang on, hang on, are you going to reply no, to no, that I was one, Tony? Throw yeah, a go for it. To you, actually, <laughs> I was going to, I was going to do a bit of a reverse ferret. I was going to ask you, uh, and and anybody else, well, and JK, and, and I was going to ask you a question. I know it's a bit, little bit off piste, but. Well, you go on. I mean, it'll be how novel, how delightful, yes, far I'm, away. Yes, I'm putting shed on. Uh, putting shed, putting shed head on. Uh, that's easy for you to say, mate. Listen, um, I remember reading somewhere at the beginning of the season that uh, it may well have been urban myth that he's got. He had 23 different set piece uh, routines and had different names for each of them. That, to me, sounds like you're overcomplicating the game a little bit, and I wonder whether. The players are just not getting it because they're thinking, what? You know, uh, 23 different set pieces. That it, it, It's maybe too technical for them. You know, they are, they're not, they're footballers. They're not going to sit there trying to work out a ramification. They're not chess players. I just wonder well, whether... Certainly you... with corners. Yeah. With corners, they're just playing number one, which is that whoever takes it, it's the first man. <laughs> <laughs> we need a name for that, don't we, JK? We do. <laughs> But I just wonder, no, it's well, usually you, the opposition you defender. You see, you see this. I mean, does that sound? We, if you read um, that, would you yeah. think? Hold on a minute, mate. You're, it, it, football, as we are often told, is a pretty simple game. And if you're going to overcomplicate it with twenty-three it different set piece routines, it, it just sounds to me like the players at that point these are trophy-winning previous footballers. There's two World Cup winners in there. Uh, uh, thinking, what on earth is this guy going on about? I don't know. It's just a thought. Well, I, I think, mate, I, I, no, I, I think there's something in that. There really is. But I also think that they're just not buying into it as well. I, I think, and I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, as I said, playing their two best players out of position. I mean, we all played football as kids, right? And, you know, I wasn't very good, but there were some pretty good players in my team. So we always made sure we got we gave the ball to them and they, they did what they were good at doing. And, you know, it's it's not that much of a leap from the crap football I played. It's the mentality is the same. You know, you, you know, Hazard digs Chelsea out of the shit. Kante is, you know, indestructible. Put them in positions where, you know, they can't dig you out of the shit and they are vulnerable. Then, you know, the rest of the team are going to be happy. And I and I agree with you also about this mentality thing. You know, the bulk of these players have won two league titles and an FA Cup and a League Cup in the last four years. So we know they've got the mentality to win. I don't think there's anything wrong with their mentality. Uh, I think it has more to do with the kind of issues that mm. we've been talking about. And the only thing I would say, the only thing I would say to add to that, it'd be interesting to hear what Liam or Jonathan have got to, to pitch in on this. I do wonder if they're hungry enough, you know, because they, you know, this this kind of peak and trough has become quite a pattern over the last few years. They win something, hey, great, we're title winners, <laughs> and then they then it all, you know, the the uh, the motivation mm. or the hunger seems to go the next year until a new manager comes in and kicks them up the arse. And they have to full, you know, they have to play at full, you know, full kind of levels that they that they were the year before. So maybe that has something. To do. I don't know, Jonathan, Liam, do you want to well, comment what on I that? Would say is that I think there's a mental flakiness to this team, um, and and you can see that in the league finishes over the last four years. When they're not winning the league, they're kind of falling apart. 
um, there isn't really anything in between. And, and you know, the the very best champion teams don't do that. There's always a, a base level of consistency. If they're not there, they're thereabouts. And when Chelsea aren't there, they're nowhere. Um, so I, th- I think that's an issue. And that's not one that Sarri is responsible for. It's something he's inherited. And I think when he's taught, when he's, t- when well, he talks about that, players' yeah. mentality, I think it, I think that's partly what he's referring to is that you don't get, you know, you don't get the consistency season to season. But at the moment, he's not seeing um, consistency of of intensity week week to week, and that's what's frustrating him. Um, but you know, mm. I think there there is another side to this, which is it, and we saw it, you know, to a different degree with Mourinho, who just annoyed everyone. Um, and made everyone miserable but you can be the best manager in the world and you can have the best plan in the world but if if people don't care about the plan uh it doesn't matter and and that that's the worry about sari now is that you know i think you you can look at it and there are there are plenty of understandable reasons why chelsea are not doing what he wants them to be doing um some within his control some not in uh, plenty not in his control um and and if you compare it to Guardiola and Klopp, both of them took time to to build the teams they've got now. But the the problem is, um, does he necessarily have the resources at Chelsea to to build the team, you know, to get the tools he needs to play this way, to play the way he wants? And if he doesn't finish in the top four, will he get the time? You know, the, the, these these are the these are the key issues. Yeah, I, I think. And you nailed it, mate. I think that's absolutely spot on because somebody was saying, oh, you know, look, you know, it takes Klopp and, and Guardiola three three years to get all this right to introduce new... Yeah, but they, they spent 500 million quid doing it. Now, we spent that over the last four seasons, yeah. maybe, although the net spend is nothing like that. We we don't have 500 million to go and do this for Sarri, do we, Jonathan? But please come in on on the other points too, if you want, mate. Uh, um It's tricky, isn't it? it? Once again, it's a question of whether Abramovich sees the potential of it um, and then gives him a... It, it's never happened before, has it? Um, he's just bought the players or he's, he's, he's hoped that they can come up with something, um, some magic formula, and it's worked, um, uh, as with Conte. But uh, uh, it, it'll depend on his relationship. We can't really second-guess this because we don't know what, what has been established. If he's chatting to Abramovich, who says, I see what you're doing. I understand um, I understand the process, uh, but I'm not going to back you, in which case it's not going to mm. work, is it? So um, I feel a lot of this is just guesswork, unfortunately. I mean, clearly, um, if Higuain comes in and starts banging them in, the players will be spurred on by it. They may then play the system better. Um, and I, I actually feel that not scoring goals has uh, has been an enormous problem. It, it, part of it is because Kovacic, for example, who good player though he is, has, has a terrible shot, and there yeah. isn't anybody anybody getting the ball. Um, and even Barkley seems to have lost his ability to shoot. Mm. Um, uh, if he man, if, if he hadn't hit Kachelny in the bollocks, he would have um, <laughs> he would have either ripped the ripped the net open, wouldn't he? Um, in, in the in the Arsenal game, but uh, I, I, I'm. I, I feel that uh, yeah. I think if if it's a big if, but if Higuain, presuming he's coming, um, does work, I reckon 
we'll all have forgotten this, you know, because the, I think the players will play better. They'll all play the system better. Um, and uh, I think goals will start coming from other areas. Um, it's just a question of, of uh, um, I think, as, uh, as you've said already, Liam has said already, that, that somehow William has to learn to play and Hazard has to be motivated to play the system better. And uh, um, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, the big cry at the moment, isn't it, is to dump everybody and try everybody who isn't playing and they may play the system better. It may be that that's the case, ultimately, um, uh, that they may. But, but it's, if it's not, once again, if we're not seeing the training, if none of these players is, is as good as the current crop in training to play the system, that's why he keeps repeating the same team. You know, we keep saying, why isn't Emerson playing? He may not, he may not get forward as as, as well as as um, uh, as Alonso does. Why isn't uh, Adzanadoy playing all the time? Because it may be that he he's not exhibiting enough in the training sessions. I I, 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 I you know I can't believe that Sarri will just go all right. We'll change it all round because it doesn't seem to be part of doesn't seem to be in his makeup. But I honestly think we don't we we. we but he doesn't. He doesn't do that no, anyway, no, no. does he? I mean, that's that, he. He. He's not going to. You know, you. You. You are always very good at reminding me of that. Actually, that he's not going to change. And and I. I agree with you entirely there. Look, let's just wrap this part up with the the, the final mm. kind of question that you know. Given what we were saying at the beginning of this piece about what he's done, and we know how this story ends. I mean, Liam, you know. Do you think he's going to? Do you think he'll get the boot sooner rather than later? I think is what I'm saying. I mean, I know a lot of this is perhaps predicated on what happens at Spurs, but what, what, what's your gut feeling, Liam? Well, I mean, it, it, it sounds like a massive cop out, but it really is about the results, particularly the results in the next few weeks. Um, if if they look like they're falling out of top four contention, if they look like a team in free fall, um, then this whole process could could accelerate quite rapidly. You. As J.K. said, you can't second-guess Abramovich. We've never been able to do that over over 15 years. Um, but this game against Spurs is crucial because I think it would be such a bad look if if Chelsea are just you know, held completely toothless by a Tottenham team that has no attack themselves, pretty much, apart from Christian Eriksen. Um Okay, let, let's lump on a yeah, nil-nil, I mean, shall if we? They're just, if they're just easily stifled in the way that they have <laughs> been at times this season by by a, a Tottenham team that has no attack of its own, and Tottenham just get through one nil on aggregate to to the League Cup final for the right to be <laughs> spanked by Manchester City, then uh, it's a it's a really bad look. But if they do produce a spirited response. Um, as they did against Manchester City, you know, mm. a few days after losing away at Wolves. But I felt as they did also against Spurs uh, at Wembley. I thought we played fantastically against Spurs, but they can't score. I thought and I thought they the, played the, I thought they played better than 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 at the last visit to Wembley. But as I said to you before, JK, I, th- I felt like there was a, also an element of Tottenham allowing them to have the ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, 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 it all depends, but I, I do think they, they really, really need a result this week. Sarri really needs a result this week. All right, well, let's park that and let's carry on the chat with all of that in a minute uh, when we're going to talk about uh, square pegs and round holes and whose fault is that? Uh, and will Higuain, as Jonathan's indicating here, solve all the problems or are they deeper than that? And, and as Liam was saying then, how important is Thursday's match against Spurs to Sarri's future? And is Champions League football next season now in jeopardy after the defeat to Arsenal? We will reveal all after the break. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> but where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea! Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and this, of course, is the Chelsea Fancast. And before we carry on with the old uh, natter about Sarri and things like that, uh, I just want to say a massive thank you to Hyundai, uh, because uh, talking of the Spurs match, they've uh, fronted up a, a couple of tickets for Thursday, uh, which I was tweeting about on Friday and, and last night, loads of people have entered. I will be uh, uh, sending all the stuff off to Hyundai so they can choose the winner later and hopefully you'll get to know very, very soon who won that. Uh, and of course, I also tweeted out today the next round of their Extra Mile competition. Uh, we had a brilliant interview with Valky, if you remember last week, uh, who, who won the first one. Uh, and that was brilliant. So uh, basically the competition is, the prizes are basically tickets to go and see Chelsea and or merch. Then all the winners each month go into a, another pot to go and see uh, some European matches that uh, involve either Chelsea or, or or their other kind of sponsor clubs. Uh, so that's fantastic. Now what you have to do, oh yeah, and you also get to get on the podcast, you get an interview with your uncle Chidge, which is quite nice. Um Anyway, what you have to do, you have to, uh, to kind of explain with them, share with them in a few words how you've gone the extra mile following Chelsea uh, and you do that on their blog page, the link of which can be found on the Chelsea Fancast Twitter feed. It's pinned to the top at the moment and on our Facebook page. So uh, go there uh, and uh, you know tell them, tell them how you've gone the extra mile, basically, and you never know, you might win a couple of tickets and, 
and get to be on the Chelsea Fancast. And I should remind you all, of course, that it's a UK-only competition. I'm afraid you can only uh, enter if you're in the UK and you need to be 18 or over. So there you go. Good luck. Do it. Right. Uh, now, um, this has been alluded to um, quite a lot so far this evening, but I don't think there's any harm picking it up again. I happened to read a fascinating piece by Jonathan Wilson, who I'm a massive fan of, who writes for The Guardian, and he knows his tactics. He knows his football. He knows his onions. Uh, and, and it, you know, he kind of articulated far better than I could uh, what I've been thinking for quite a while, which is that, uh, you know, maybe it's not... It's not just Sarri who's at fault. I mean, it's very easy to pick on him. He's the guy at the top. Uh, but maybe the issue really is that he just doesn't have the players to play the way that he wants. And Jonathan uh, Wilson uh, basically put it like this. I thought it was brilliant. I'll just run this through and then we'll have a good natter about it. Kante is not a box-to-box shuttler. Uh, there's no forward thrust in midfield. Jorginho is therefore diminished. Uh, and has to pass sideways. This slows the game down, and if the opposition put a player on him, he can't even retain possession. David Luiz, is he better in a two than a than a three at the back? Uh, some may say no. Uh, is Aspie better as a full-back or on the right of a three? Uh, some may say no. Is Alonso a left full-back or a left wing-back? I think we know the answer to that one. Is William better on the left or the right? These are things that a lot of the supporters, to their credit, have, yeah. have said many, many times. And uh, finally, of course, you've got good old uh, Eden Hazard. He's not a number nine. And anyway, when he does play there, nobody gets in. I mean, if he, even if he does a reasonably good job, which I don't think he does, nobody ever gets in the box. Hence, there are no shots on target. So I thought, I thought that that was a brilliant point. I don't think any of us would really disagree with this. But the, the, the question that, that you know, occurred to me, if we've got all these players that are completely unsuited for... Um, uh, the, you know, for, Ma- for for Maurizio Sarri, what on earth? We, how did we get here? And it kind of occurred to me that all the chaos that's created by you know constant managerial change is also completely disconnected with the transfer policy. Something that Jonathan and I talked about to Dom Fifield on Friday. Um, I mean, and it's compounded by the fact, and or, 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 or evinced by the fact that you know he won't play Moses, Apicosta, Emerson, Drinkwater, Morata, Giroud, and Bakayoko and Batshuayi have also gone off. So. How on earth, Jonathan, is he supposed to play his system when he doesn't have any players who are suitable to play it? And how on earth do we close this gap between managers' playing styles and what the club want in that respect with a with a transfer policy that seems to be completely disconnected from it? You would hope that they were professional and they could learn it. But um, I have to say that in the course of this programme, I've now become completely... uh, um, uh, pessimistic about everything and think perhaps that we'll never ever manage this and uh, and it's um, it's a complete mistake and the players just don't will we'll never play it properly <laughs> and uh, and that we should give up and sack him in the course of this program because... <laughs> Jonathan you've joined the dark side welcome to the yeah, dark because, side because mate <laughs> I, I sort of agree completely the, 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 to what you've just said I was I've always hoped though that the the template of his of his um, plan is so brilliant for me if he can get them to play that way. But if he can't get them to play, um, he will he will inevitably have to go. But I, so I think the the once again the the Higuain purchase is really what it depends. What is the big thing? If there is somebody banging the ball in the goal, he might then tweak it by getting say another couple of purchases this transfer window um, who are better shots, which might and they the ball, but then 
say, well, we've, you know, we've allowed you a couple of players. So therefore, the transfer policy might be working in that setup if he says I only need three players. Um, but uh, um, otherwise, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm suitably depressed, I have to say, by it. And I think he's, he's, he goes. I don't think you can achieve it. If, if, as you say, everybody fits a different pattern, you would hope that as professionals, they'd be able to make it work. But clearly they're not. So you, the, the option is just to, to end it. You end it. You get rid of him. Is it? Is it? I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm certainly not one of those baying for him to go. Um, you know, I, I, I've said I'm completely apathetic. Uh, there'll be pretty much got no chance of me ever... Um, deifying any Chelsea manager ever again because I'm just fed up with it now. I just I've always said it's a milkman to roll. Um, but I think there's a really interesting point that JK made there, and you made it as well, Chich, which is this kind of um, it's not joined up transfer policy with strategy. There is there is no strategy. You know, people criticise Emanalo for for what I don't know. We we well, you know he was there when we won the Champions League and. Whatever, but there does seem to be this lack of an overall vision, and I, I can't remember the guy. Is it Scott McLachlan? I think is the guy that's now been sort of he's kind of de facto um, director of football. Um, I've I've never heard of him before. Um, that doesn't mean he's not any good. I'm just saying I've never heard of him before. Um, and there's not been this, you know, long-term planning has never been our our thing. Not since Roman Abramovich, and I, you could argue possibly even under Batesy that, that there was never that much in the way of long-term planning. Um, but I think under this one, it's interesting that you've got um, who who is targeting and selecting and scouting and going out and saying these are the players we need, and then what from from. Well, what are they? What is to be achieved by buying those players? Because as you said, you've got a cornucopia of of different players who play in different styles. Who, who it's almost it's completely disjointed. And I think J.K.'s got a good point. I wouldn't say that Sarri's going to get the sack, but maybe they bought in a man who's publicly said, "My job is to coach, not to go to the market." And maybe he's. Maybe he's looked at it. There's a, a brilliant scene that they've done. If he, any of you have seen the film World's End, the Simon Pegg, Nick Frost thing, where they're actually sort of standing there and they're arguing with these aliens with this massive intelligence. And, and they're arguing to the point and the aliens just go, oh, fuck it, yeah, what's the point? And I'm wondering whether Sari's reaching that point and thinking, this is an impossible task. We've said it before, haven't we? We've said that, that you know, as much like the England role, that this is that Chelsea seem to be an impossible club to, to to manage, and I just wonder whether, when you've got like you said, you've, you've that brilliant list of, of things you've put there, Chidge, right, and the fact that we've brought all these players, Moses, Abacosta, Emerson, Drinkwater, Morata, Bakayoko, who aren't going to get played. That who's buying them, and to what end are they buying them? Are they just are they just playing FIFA on the PlayStation game? Well, he's he's good. <laughs> Should we try and go and get him? I'm, and I'm deadly serious. I'm not trying to put anything down. I'm saying there is a this. I think that it's not joined up. It doesn't seem joined up in any way. And therefore, any coach comes no, in. You know, exactly. you get a coach like Conte comes in or Jose comes in, does it brilliantly for one or two seasons, and then it all falls apart. It's an inevitable thing because they think I've won something. Now we can start to build a dynasty, a strategy. The the club about to back me, and let's face it. 
that has never happened. Every time we've won something, like you said, you go from from uh, boom to bust because I think every coach, Carlo, every coach that won anything major did not get what they think they were expecting in terms of support the following season. Yeah? Liam, uh, that's a good point, Tony. I like that. Uh, Liam, uh, you, you have a, a slightly different perspective than us. I'd be delighted to hear it. Well, I do, th- I do think uh, Jonathan Wilson makes a lot of interesting points and it is true that the... The Chelsea's transfer policy can be a bit scattergun at times, particularly when you're talking about styles of players. I think they sign players primarily on a couple of things, on age profile, um, potential to improve, and obviously potential to accumulate value. And, and that doesn't lend itself to any particular style. And that means you end up in a situation where Chelsea's most expensive ever central midfield signing is currently playing for Monaco. Uh, Milan, sorry, um, and you know it, it, it's not it's not great. And part of me wonders whether that you know that that kind of system alone maybe lends itself to more of a tactical pragmatist naturally, because maybe maybe the kind of coach who comes in and goes right, this is what I have. Um, I'll pick a formation based on on this. And, and see where see where it can get us. You know the way Conte did switching to three four three. Um, although he was the worst kind of politician to survive at a club like Chelsea. So I think I think you probably need uh, you, you probably need a, a politician like Sarri and a tactician like Conte. If you could combine the two, you might have a perfect Chelsea coach. Mm. But it, it it it's very tricky. And and yeah, maybe that that lends itself to a tactical ideologue like Sarri, who has one way of playing, who has one vision of football, um, can't necessarily succeed at a club like this where you have so many so many players who fit so many different things and, and maybe don't necessarily fit seamlessly together. And the other aspect of it, um, just to say, is that you know some of the players we're talking about as as not very seamless fits for Sarri's style. Alonso's just signed a lucrative new long-term contract. So as so as as Pilaqueta, yeah. that's you know purely financially speaking, that kind of has to be two of your back four for the next five years now to make those contracts worth it. Um, and Golo Kante and, and is the highest neither suited the to the role really. Golo Kante is now the highest earner in the squad, um, and so. You know, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if FIFA ever come back and decide that Chelsea will get a transfer ban for this investigation that is going on and on, and they can't sign players for a transfer window or two, you know, how, how long will will Sarri be be stuck with players that don't really fit the way he wants to play? It's it's an interesting question. I think maybe a slightly worrying one for Chelsea supporters. It just seems to be utterly, utterly mad to me. I mean, there, there, there is no, there is no uh, synergy, or logic, or or any sense of planning mm. or cohesion whatsoever at this flaming yeah. football club. It's nuts. It's just, I think anyway, it's, sorry, I was before I explode, very, very you, you go had, on, Tony. Um, what's his face? But just around um, went into City, and they they built that house for Guardiola, didn't they? Let's face it, everything was leading up to that. Their strategy about buying players and everything like that led to where they are now. And you could argue that Liverpool did the same. Liverpool have been out in the wilderness, let's, let's, let's be fair, whilst we've been going around you know, picking up trophies, um, you know, like they're empty glasses at a pub or whatever, and uh, and Liverpool have, have finally they they went in with Klopp, and I think so. It's 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 not a case, and I think J.K. 
went on, alluded to there. It's not a case of just putting in a coach and then sticking with that coach. You've got to have that structure, that kind of footballing infrastructure behind it, which is, you know, be it a director of football, be it a footballing, you know, plan, a strategy or whatever to go go for. And that, to me, is what we haven't had. We've had this chaos model, this disruptor model, uh, and I think it, 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 it does work. You know, those sort of business models, if you apply the same things in the business, lead to boom and bust cycles. And I think that's the thing. And I, th- I think it, you, that I think we've, we've, we've talked this hoary old subject, you know, director of football, proper planning, proper strategy, proper everything behind it. Uh, and that's what we're lacking. And I don't see it. And I think that's exactly it. So I feel almost sorry for Sarri. I think he's almost been... You know, you're the coach, implement a new style um, and you're going to do it with these players because you said you can coach players, you don't need to go to the marketplace. And there's nothing in the background that's backing up. It's just not joined up. I go back to that thing again. And I think that's where possibly even even if you look at the loathsome Spurs, they've done that. They've, they've built on a strategy, they have a long-term plan and, and we just haven't had it because we've we've been so successful. We've probably maybe even thought we didn't need it. I don't know. Just food for thought, mate. Mm. Oh, it's it's nuts. I'll tell you what, though, just before I bring Jonathan in, uh, and I mean, in a sense, I think Jonathan will, will sympathise with this because I'm, I'm going to be quite like you, a bit sympathetic with Sarri here too. I mean, we all we all know that there, there was a will from the top to change from this kind of counter-attacking football that in various guises we've been playing for, I mean, really, I think, since possibly Ancelotti, I would say. And... I mean, even mm. to Mourinho to a degree uh, before he left, but we changed. You know, there was a will to change from that to possession football. We we knew that this was never going to be uh, quick or easy, but I think it's 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 well to remember. You know, a lot of the problems we had, I think, particularly with Conte, when he would assiduously just try and play counter attack, and then we found that well, you know, most of the teams in the Premier League are just going to sit and defend, which means you've got to then try and break them down because they're going to sit so deep. And then we, we failed to break teams down under Conte, I think, uh, a lot of the time in the way that we are also failing to do with Sarri. So it's, it's not just about managers and systems and chaos. Sometimes it is the players. Jonathan, have you, I, I want to launch into Higuain in a minute, but do you want to respond to any um, of that? Well, well, you know, we can't go back to a situation where um, uh, we all stand about waiting for Manchester City to take us to pieces, as happened last year. That was one of the great lows of watching, no, watching exactly, Chelsea football exactly. club for me and watching, having watched them for 75 years. Just that was one of the the, uh, the, the the worst examples of a manager just losing the plot completely. So, once again, I'll go back on this. So, consequently, they've chosen Sarri for a reason, which is he's, he's, it's a completely different style of football. Um, so I really hope that they allow him to carry on and and back him in some way. But it's not looking if that's going to be the case. Um, I just my my fear is that somehow we're driving him and the, everybody's driving him to to not fulfil his his um, his big plan. Um, and and I would hope the club gets behind him. And I don't know how they do that without. Um, busting the transfer record or whether they wait until the summer whether i think the the if we if we discover that we haven't got into the top four and he's still with us then we'll know that he's he's there to implement everything that most of the fans want which is the youth and uh 
and a, and a turnaround of players. Um, but uh, it, uh, it's it's a it's a very tricky one. I, I you know I I'd want him to succeed. I can't at the moment see how it's going to happen for all the reasons that you've you've all put forward here. But um, but he, he, it, we he, I don't see how we could go back to to playing defensively and breaking because that's not the way that Liverpool play and uh, and it's not the way that that City play and it's not the play, way that Spurs play and they or even Arsenal to, uh, when they played against mm. them, they're playing the, the pressing game we've just got to somehow do it better and it may be that there's another manager out there who does it better and yet use people uses people's strengths uh, i don't know perhaps it's that you do need another manager but it's it's the system I, I, has to change. It can't be defensive. It can't be back to. Can't be the Italian defensive no. break and on the counter attack because that just doesn't no. work anymore. No, no, no. But I think I think in all of those clubs you just mentioned, there, JK, they have a supporting structure behind them. They yeah. have. They have it from the very top of the, you know, Daniel Levy all the way down from the, the Sheikh, whatever his bloody name is at City, all the way down at Liverpool from, um, you know, the guy, is it John Moores? I can't remember. No, it's not John Moores. Um, John Henry or whatever his name is. All the way down. They seem to have something. They, they've built something. There's something. There's but a plan. They've built it three years, though, Tony. Yes, they, they have. They have. But I just get the impression we have, we, we, we have. We, we so want this immediate, yes. immediate yeah. success. This is the trouble. So, uh, Will, I, is it that he's going to be allowed to yeah, do this? I do agree. I mean, Liam has just said he won't definitely won't be. No. Isn't that right? I'm sorry if I'm misquoting you. Yeah. Because we have to be top four. No. But I, 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 I you know, I, I agree. I, 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 like I don't know. I don't know if he'll definitely. I don't know if he'll definitely be gone if if Chelsea don't get top four. Um, but you know, I, I think all bets are off if yeah, Chelsea yeah. don't get top four. Yeah. Historically, that's oh, yeah. what happens, yeah. isn't it, Liam? Yes. I mean, historically, that, that's what we would say. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move this on to Higuain uh, because I, I know Jonathan it might cheer him up, actually. <laughs> but, I mean, it looks like we're going to get him. I'm going to read you. I, 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 I posted this on the Mixler feed, so I know you've got a link there, people. But I, I spied this at the weekend. Uh, a huge article uh, in the Mail Online written by a very old and dear friend of mine, Sheridan Bird, who, as it happens, was on the first ever Chelsea fan cast that I did. And he's an Italian football pundit and a very nice bloke. And he, he wrote a superb piece on Higuain and what it would mean uh, for si- uh, if, if Chelsea signed him. Now, I mean, go and read it, basically. But I, I'll just I'll give you the last, uh, the last kind of few paragraphs. Uh, there we go. Here we go. Um, he plundered every type of goal as Napoli's irrepressible spearhead. He felt valued and adored by his coach Maurizio Sarri. This is when he scored 36 goals uh, and broke that 66-year-old record when he played for Napoli. The fact that Sarri knows how to get the best from Higuain is a huge boost for Chelsea. The player who boasts a cannon for a right foot was the sharpest and happiest of his career in that single campaign under Sarri's guidance. Higuain told Total Italian Football, the first thing you notice about Sarri is his sincerity. He looks you in the eye when he talks to you. He convinced me to stay with Napoli in five minutes at the start of the 2015-16 season. He got the best out of me and I'm grateful. It's true the Premier League is faster than Serie A and the forward is several years older than those record-breaking days. There is more space for attackers in English football. There is no convincing argument that Higuain won't do as well as, if not better, than struggling Morata or Giroud, who would probably require four seasons to hit 36 league goals. 
He scowls, skulks and roars at teammates and doesn't thrive in finals. I mean, Sheridan basically went into the fact that he's quite often screwed it up in in big finals. But Chelsea are on the verge of recruiting a demanding, sensitive soul, but also a winner. Someone who can make the difference when he's feeling loved. If you look at it that way, signing Higuain isn't such a gamble. So there you go. Interesting words from young Sheridan there. Um, I mean, the point is, I mean, will will a new striker, Jonathan, solve a lot of our issues? I, I think you were kind of leaning to the fact that it might do earlier on, yeah, weren't you? Yeah, I, I think it would. A, a new striker that scores, you know, a new striker that doesn't do anything. We're back to where we were. Um, but my fear is that, you know, Giroud isn't that bad a striker and yet he's looking more and more rusty and ropey the more he comes on. Um, uh, so he, he can't work out what to do in the system. But, you know, the advantage is that Higuain's played for Sarri and scored all these goals. And the system wasn't working for him at Milan. Um, but, you know, I, I, even if he scores two goals in five games or something, we'd be better than everybody else, wouldn't it? So, uh, um, uh, well, other than Maratta's instinctive scoring against um, um, Nottingham Forest. Um, but, uh, no, I, I, I honestly think if somebody starts scoring, it, everything may just change because... They've then got a focal point. They've got a way to play. They've got a way, and they will be pushing up. And it will mean that there's a man there with, with his who, who is either holding the ball up or or uh, um, getting in there on the end of crosses. It, it makes sense to me. If the if you've got a top striker banging the ball in, you're going to feed him. And you're going to play that way. So yeah. If but to me, this is the this is the big test. Um, and it's a shame he can't play against Spurs because I have this fear against Spurs that we'll completely dominate them and lose and fa- not, not just not just fail to score um, yeah it's like you know so uh uh but no i, I it, it is it uh, for me his season is depends on this signing completely well just to, just to say i think he can mm. i just uh, say, let, i think he can play let, against spurs as long as he's registered in time oh okay right as long as he's registered by wednesday midday I'm pretty sure he, um, he he can be eligible for that game. Well, I think that would be wonderful because they're and, and what, what do you th- by it, wouldn't they? As well, having a new player like that, a new player with great great scoring. Well, let's hope so. Le- 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 Liam, what, what do you what do you think about? You know, it looks like we are going to get him. What what do you think of that? And do you think it'll make a big difference? I think it has the potential to make a huge difference. Um, also, because another aspect of Higuain that. I've heard from a lot of people who've watched him more more in Italy than I have. Um, one of the less appreciated aspects of his game is that he's he's quite good in a Giroud-like sense of making the players around him better um, in terms of creating for them and, and creating space for them um, and, and finding them with, with smart passes. So, you know, at his best, if this signing works, it could be the best of both worlds. The best of what Morata was expected to bring which was goals and the uh the kind of all-round focal point creator that that Giroud can be um so I you know in that sense it can definitely work he certainly knows Sarri's system the thing that the thing that would concern me is that the I think the, the record of strikers over the age of 30 um, coming to the Premier League is is quite sketchy at the best of times, and especially from Serie A, from the slowest European league to the fastest. Yeah, um, Lorente was terrible yesterday against Fulham. Terrible, my God. Well, he did score. 
<laughs> he didn't score in the right end, but he, he did right score. End. And an own goal. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just digress um, briefly and just say how remarkably typical of uh, um, of Ranieri to take off both Babel and uh, um, uh, the other player who's playing wonderfully for them. Um, um, uh, God, a midfielder. Um, You're doing a Henry Blofeld, mate. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, for the two best players. You might as well talk about Flaming Pigeons. The two players who were playing and the best <laughs> for Fulham he took off on 70 minutes on 50, 55 minutes and 70 and oh like bless watching, him it's like watching him take so off every at 70 minutes regardless yeah. of the player on the pitch was. I knew Fulham were done for when he brought he won't change Jonathan he I won't change I knew Fulham were done for when he brought Robert Huth on on the right wing um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I mean he, he, the, Tony Tony Sorry, oh, go on, Liam. Carry on. The, Sorry, the, mate. The, I think JK's right when he says the, the stakes are massively high with with um, with the Higuain signing. It, it it does become the kind of definitive um, signing of the Sarri era because Conte never got this. You know, Conte specifically asked for Higuain um, and and was told, "Oh, he's too too old." And that was two and a half years ago. Um, so this mm. is this is a big statement of of faith and and trust in Sarri, and I think. But it's kind of trust with a with a caveat, which is that if it doesn't work, I think it, you know, yeah. his, his standing at the club will, will be damaged as a result. I, I, so there's a lot riding on this. Uh, I've, I've thought for some time that our policy for over thirties has been, well, aside from being discriminatory, it's, it's quite restrictive as well. And I think it, you know, it, it's almost saying, well, over thirty, so what future have they got? <laughs> One of the old drug bulls still banging them in at thirty six. I think there's an cold players you know, we had some good players in their 30s and I just think it's a little bit short-sighted but um yeah, it's interesting I think uh, mm. you know one of the things that we are really really missing big time um is uh, is is a goal scorer uh, he got a bit coated for this but Ian right on after the uh I think it was was it Newcastle it was on match of the day anyway um, and and he even backed it up with evidence of, of of all the spaces where you would have a striker that we didn't have one, you know, on attack. So you had Kante, you had Hazard, people running into space, and then just no one there. Um, I think you know it, it is something that we we've overlooked badly, um, and and we knew that at the beginning of the season. What surprises me um, is is that we th- you know I, I guess there was always the thing that you know Murata would settle down, the kids had been born, and and what have you. But um, I'm just surprised you you made a point earlier we, we didn't actually cover it which was um around you know um you know Giroud being looked like he's had enough and wouldn't you feel like that if you you know it's the old Joe Cole thing under Ranieri which was you know you, you've got a player who wanted to get in and certainly um and do stuff and uh, Ranieri brings on Veron and you're thinking you know I've always said the same Joe Cole was, almost must have been sitting there thinking just how shit does someone have to be before I get a game and uh when you've got a striker on the bench and you're not even prepared to try them or play them or whatever, and you're going with a, a false nine system that is patently been sussed out um, with a player who doesn't want to be in it, that that, that makes a question. I, I go back to that Sarri thing. I think he's a bit of a sacrificial lamb in in some list to some degree. But um, Higuain, it's okay. interesting that, like as Liam just said, you know that that Conte asked for him and was told no. Um, so Sarri's done one good thing, and he's got someone to remove this ridiculous policy on players over thirty. Then that's a, that's a big positive, a big positive in my view. 
I just wonder. I, I just wonder if if for Sari it's like the last roll of the dice. But we shall see, and I hope I hope he does well. Right. La- last point on all of uh, all of this before we we go to part four, um, because of course you know th- there was quite a lot of jeopardy with the match against Arsenal. Um, you know we could have been nine points clear of them if we'd won, and uh, that would have put them out of the race for top four. Uh, and of course because Man United won. Uh, that didn't do us any favours, and uh, Arsenal and, and they are only three points behind us. So now we're in a real scramble for top four. I think uh, you know, obviously Spurs won. That didn't help either. And the worrying thing is that uh, Arsenal look capable of. I mean, you know, Arsenal are a bit like us. They can win one day and lose the next. So maybe they aren't the threat. But I'm wondering now if Man United are the real threat because they've got some real momentum, and we know. We know that they've got good players. It's just that they needed a manager who could get a tune out of them, uh, Jonathan. Uh, oh. Let's see what... Um, let's... Uh, well, I, have they played anybody um, top banana yet or has it all been uh, lower? Because they've included... Yeah, they beat Spurs away. Yeah, but uh, I didn't think Spurs were at their best. Did you? No, in, fact, in fact, I thought they were lucky. I thought Spurs... Spurs just couldn't score. I thought Spurs had the same Batter problem them. that we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not convinced, Chidge. I think uh, I think they'll peter out at the moment. It's it's that kind of a euphoria that goes with you know we've got our, our we've got our United back, and uh, I think if they just have a couple of defeats, it'll all, it'll all go tits up. I don't think they're going to suddenly go go into the top the top um, uh, the top three or make a make a challenge and we'll be left behind i think it's early days yet actually well you could say that and i and i'm i mean i still think united's defense is more than dodgy to be honest and i agree with you i think you know and when that their test will come when they lose but they've got a fairly easy load of matches coming up until they play united at the end of well until they play liverpool at the end of february and then we will see but uh I mean, we've got a very horrible uh, run-in because we've still got to go to the Etihad and Anfield and, uh, goodness gracious me, possibly United, yeah, actually. I, I can't have. remember. We, we, but anyway... We, we've got all of the tough ones are away, haven't they? We've got... Um, we've just lost to Arsenal away. Yeah, yeah but, exactly. Um, but if, um, if, if Higuain does the business, then it won't matter, will it? Well, I well this is true. We don't <laughs> know until we know, do we? I mean, no, Jonathan's got a point there. No, Jonathan's got a point there, Tony. We, 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 you know, we, we cannot predict anything no, at the moment. Well, we can't say yeah, Higuain may be a game changer, literally. No. So there you go, Liam. Just to, to wrap this all up, um, where where do you think we sit in it now? I mean, it's it's clearly a three way a three way race, however way we look at it. Um, uh, are we in jeopardy of not finishing in top yeah, four? Certainly jeopardy. Um, uh, that I mean, that was an absolutely huge game, as you say. I think Arsenal, they might not have been totally out of it, but nine points would have been a, a huge, huge gap at this stage of the season, and they would have had to overcome two teams uh, in Chelsea and United in order to to get top four. As it is, they've got they've got fresh belief. Um, I do believe that the the difficult days are coming for United. You know, they're still riding high on Solskjaer's honeymoon, but I, th- I think, it, you know, you don't even have to look at the fixtures. They will lose a game and it may well be a game that they're not expected to lose. Uh, and the, you know, the, the wobble will come mm. for them, but they do have more, I think they've got a more talented squad than Arsenal, which makes them a bigger threat. And I think Pogba... I think Arsenal will that... lose again as well, Liam. I really think... Absolutely, yeah. They've got completely, they really raised their game for uh for for the Chelsea match 
Yeah, and absolutely. We didn't, and and you, we it, didn't rise to it at all, unfortunately. But but they were really. My, I've got an Arsenal mate, and he said it was the best they played for for months. He said he couldn't believe it. Uh, yeah, but once again, he said they, they fell apart towards the end of the second half. He said that was more typical. And he said a better team than Chelsea would have come and just completely destroyed them. Mm. Well, and you only have to look at the previous weekend where I, I watched them play West Ham and they were completely yeah. listless for 90 minutes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think you've got three pretty flawed teams in different ways. Um, but the jeopardy for Chelsea is, as you say, they the only top six opponent they had away from home in the first half of the season was Spurs. And given the way they performed at Wembley and at the Emirates, it doesn't fill you with confidence heading into uh, the Etihad, Anfield and Old Trafford. Um, so that, that that's the tricky one. They do have three points and that's not nothing, but it, I think none of none of the three teams involved in the race really fill you with fill you with too much confidence. And, that, and that's, the, that's going to be the nervy thing for Chelsea from now until the end. Yeah, I agree with you there, Liam. It's going to be it's going to be a bit uh, twitchy, I think, for the uh, the run into the uh, to the season at uh, the end of the season. But we shall see. You know, it ain't over until it's over. That's for sure. Now, uh, coming up, uh, Jonathan's got a couple of fantastic emails to read out. I mean, they're great. We're only two this week, but they're really good. Yeah, there are only two this week. People, get your bloody fingers out, for God's sake! What do you think this is? You know. Don't do this for my health, you know. Anyway, uh, Jonathan's going to be reading them out and uh, I shall wrap up with the usual parish notices. We'll see you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Football Fancast. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. It's the last part of the evening. Quick reminder to check out ChelseaFancast.com, our wonderful website with some lovely stuff. You find all the podcasts there. Uh, they all get loaded up there uh, with a link to Acast, but you can play them on the site. You can also listen to you can listen to this show live on a Monday at seven o'clock by. Uh, going to the website. I put a blog up before the show and it's got a live player from Mixler there. So it's well worth a look. All sorts of stuff on there. Anyway, uh, we've got emails to read out, Jonathan. Let's have a go as they say. Um, this is from Russ Saunders. Hello, mate. How are you? Dan Ander. Uh, so many comments... Uh, G'day! So many comments of Sarri out, blah, blah, on Twitter. Really quite tedious. Who would want? Who would want the Chelsea coaching job we all know it's been a revolving door for some time now, but you'd have to be crazy t- to take it on. If you enjoyed using any type of social media before starting, you'd certainly need to stop reading that shit, unless you like taking long walks along short beers. <laughs> Twitter certainly isn't the place to go, as has been said before, if we've lost. Reading some of the world is going to end comments after such matches, then yes, avoid like the plague. When it's a late kickoff in the UK, you get all day to ponder in Australia. Same for other parts of the world. Not so good after that type of performance. Sarri is quite obviously set in his ways, 4-3-3. And unless an injury, the first sub is usually after an hour. The match at the Goons was crying out for a change at half-time. Probably two. Pick any two of the front three for me this match and try Giroud and CHO. Get some effing crosses in and hope Giroud gets on the end of it. Sadly for us, the false bollocks has worked a few times. 
I can't be bothered looking back at results to say which ones. We either stick it out until Sarri gets the team he wants, or we may well see another managerial change. What a joke it's become in that respect. Mainly down to the fact we've all become spoiled little bastards, and only winning, and winning now, is good enough. It's exactly what I was saying earlier. We don't play a style that suits either CF we currently have, either CF we currently have. So the hopes are that Gonzo Higuain's, Gonzo, yes, I spelled his first name, incorrectly on purpose, as he may play like that, previous work experience will somehow produce a goal or two. We get to the edge of the box with our mostly insipid passing game, and usually it's back to Kepper and repeat. We can all see it's not quite quick and incisive enough. Against Southampton, I was thinking we should let them have the ball more often. Then a chance of a counter-attack with the front three would maybe bring us a goal. Letting Cesc go was a mistake. Yes, he's not so great tracking back, but Jorginho doesn't exactly piss all over him in that department, does he? What if we played Louise in the middle, Ampadu or Christensen next to Rudy? Louise has the Cesc vision with his passing. We've seen that with a couple of recent assists. We miss that, as well as the player to get on the end of it. A Jorginho injury would be interesting, maybe even pleasing at the same time. That's not the only issue, though. More attempts on target from where, I don't know. Other players just not up to what the manager wants. We put in some good performances, a recent one when we lost at the Spuds. How many matches have we played since the end of November? He's used the same 14 or 15, hasn't he, for the majority of matches. They're not like the Duracell bunnies, are they? They can get tired. Is it that? Or is it, as he said, they're not motivated? At times in that Arsenal match, it certainly looked it. Something has to change. We know Conte changed it, but then he tried our previous system before he went with his. Would Sarri entertain changing his? Personally, I think he should, but I don't think he will. No, he won't. I'll set an alarm for 3.30am or whenever to watch this team. After everything, it's just football, but it's Chelsea. The longest love affair of my life. Win or lose, up the blues. Wonderful email. Completely wonderful. Yeah, he, he's, he's yes. kind of summed up all of everything we've spoken about. <laughs> we could have just read that out. Exactly. We shouldn't have bothered with the show. We just should have read that out and said, we're off. You know what? That'd have been hilarious if we had done that. I mean, Russ. I think in the in the wider email, Russ said, you know, read it out or not. I'm not really that bothered. And basically, this is what happens when you're up all night. You see. So I think, but I, I can feel his pain. I can feel his pain and, and weariness with that email. But uh, I think he kind of nails it. I think uh, Mike Ferry said something really funny. Actually, I must read this out for Russ's benefit. Mike says, "Don't fire them." So don't fire the manager. Twitter is crazy. Now let me go on a rant about how shit we are, and the manager has no clue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you've got to, you, you've got to understand Russ's pain, Mike. You know, it's, it's post-match it's pain. Fans, you know, it's, we, it's, we get the chance to have a beer after. I know. Flame hypocrisy, isn't it? We we say one thing one minute, and in the next sentence, we probably just undo everything we just said. Hey, that's football. Yeah, it's it's the emotions, the emotions you get after the game. That's why we all go to the pub afterwards, so that we can just have a few drinks and forget about it. And then we, you know, it's, it is not the time for cold analysis, that's for sure. Uh, right, well done, Jonathan. Got another one from, from the lovely Alan Rivero. Alan Rivero. Hi, Uncle Chidge. Oh, sweet. I've got to start with an apology of my own. Just yeah. sorry, Jonathan. Just a bit. Just a bit of sorry, mate. Just a bit of a pro. I should have said this to give it some context. Alan was the one who was coming over here for the weekend. I just never had time to get hold of him. Um, 
and I and I said last week, didn't I? I owe him an apology. Well, that's the, his, this is his response to my apology on okay. air last week. Uh, hi, Uncle Chich. I've got to start with an apology of my own. I'm sorry I didn't respond to your Patreon email sooner. I appreciate your time getting back to me, as I know you're insanely busy. I was driving yesterday listening to the pod and started cracking up when you mentioned me in your apology. None needed, friend. I was the one trying to contact you over the holidays in a panic because this was all a last-minute plan. I'm happy to say that my wife and I were able to make the Newcastle game just over a week ago. We had to splurge on hospitality tickets for the UTB package because the normal tickets were sold out. Is that the Up the Blues package? I'm assuming. Even though we checked the minute they became available, midnight our time. If it's going to be your first game and that's the only choice, what a way to experience the game. We were a little far, being about three rows from the top in the West Upper, but still epic nonetheless. And the game... Holy Christ, you ourselves get to do that every week. That was my first experience watching Chelsea live. And I have to be honest, I was completely mesmerised. The only thing I'm curious about, and I'm really not trying to come across as an ignorant asshole, is the atmosphere. From where we were sitting, I'm not sure if it was the acoustics, but all we heard were the Newcastle fans. They were going absolutely batshit crazy the entire time. There are only a few times I heard us have a loud presence. Was I sitting in a poor location or was it a little subdued that evening? Either way, mm. watching our team live and scoring two fantastic goals is an experience I'll never forget. One last note, when my wife and I got off the tube, I told them we needed to find the CFC UK store. We did, and as I thumbed through the fanzine, a voice behind me said, It's only a pound? You should have seen my face, listening to the pod for so long. I almost passed out from hearing the celebrity voice of Mr. Mark Warhol. <laughs> spelling, sorry. Um, <laughs> Mr. Mark Warhol. <laughs> That's Mark a great Warhol. one. He's <laughs> a mumbling idiot, and he probably thinks the same as I tried to explain what a fan I am of you guys. Thank you, Chidge, for the time you take take to make the pod, the insight you bring to it, the attention you provide to your listeners. It doesn't go unnoticed, and I guarantee everyone appreciates it just as much as I do. You're truly a class act. Drinks will still be on me when I'm out there next. Cheers, Alan Rivero, carefree in San Diego, California. Up the, <laughs> up the chair. He was, yeah, he was doing so well until he put San Diego, California at the end. Now I hate him. <laughs> you know, because he's in San Diego. It's wonderful no, out of San that's Diego. Why I hate him. Thanks. I'm sitting. Well, in, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this miserable little country, but. Uh, so you should you 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 should be very jealous. It's lovely. Really? I, I love San Diego. I did I'm some filming out there. <laughs> yeah, a few years back. Yeah, I did. I did a film. Would Would you believe I, I shot a commercial uh, on a? They got a roller coaster uh, out in San Diego. I can't remember which beach it is now. Uh, but anyway, it's just outside of San Diego. But it's one of those old fashioned ones, like the white wooden ones which is why we chose it, because we wanted a, a, an old-fashioned one. So I stayed out there. And actually, I think it was Alan who said to me um, about the Shakespeare pub, and, and I, I never got to drink. And I know of the Shakespeare pub, Alan, because I know a lot of people out there who drink there, but uh, I never got to the Shakespeare pub. I went to Phileas Foggs, which is near Carlsbad. So I never made it to the Shakespeare. But if I ever get to San Diego, I will head straight there. And I really hope, I really hope we do see you. Uh, over here again and i will certainly buy you a beer It'd be lovely to meet you and some really kind words jonathan that's i'm really touched he by that's lovely he loves you as, <laughs> as we all do yeah man well, loves us all mate it's not just me it's just not just me it's all of us mate 
But there you go. Fabulous stuff. Alan, well done. All right, OK. Uh, usual shout-outs, notices, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Alan mentioned Patreon. He's a Patreon uh, member, or a patron, if you prefer, uh, which is the bloody message I didn't reply to. But I do try. It's a very good way, normally, of getting hold of me if you want to avoid Twitter and email and all the rest of it. I do check them because I've got an app on my phone. I just have to remember to look at it. Uh, so if you want to, if you kind of, you know, if you like what we do, you know, I, there's no pressure, of, of course, you know, but if you want to donate something to what we do, but like paying only a pound for the uh, CFC UK fanzine, uh, then please become a patron of Chelsea Fancast and uh, you can uh, donate whatever you want. I think it's a monthly donation. Uh, honestly, no pressure, as I said. It's only if you fancy it. Uh, anyway, it's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And as I said, it's a good way to get hold of me or if you want to like send an email to be on the show uh, or have any ideas or, or questions you want us answered, that's a very good way to do it. Uh, so there you go. Do join it. It's great fun. Now, Chelsea Supporters Trust, of course, join the trust. Get your voice heard by the club. It's free to join up to be a member. But if you want a badge, I have one for you, Tony, oh, by the way. Good uh, if, you want a, if you want a badge and, uh, and, be, and be able to vote and attend the meetings, then it's five quid a year, five quid subs a year. And you can sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com, and that means you can attend the meetings, come to the events, vote on the issues that directly affect you, and make sure you get your voice heard. And you can follow them at ChelseaSTrust.com on twitter uh now the cpo which we always give a lovely plug to is uh very pertinent this week because they've got their agm uh, at 11 o'clock this friday i'll be there uh so i uh, hope to see a few of you there uh and if you do want to own a little bit of chelsea protect the future of the club go and buy a share in the cpo they own the freehold of stanford bridge and their aim is to make sure that we always play football for chelsea at stanford bridge and if you want to find out how to buy a share Email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and you can follow them at pitch owners on Twitter. And finally, our dear mates at CFC UK, uh, I've got an I've got an article to do by Friday, so that means a new one is imminent. Um, anyway, when it's out, you can get it at the stall, the CFC UK stall on the match day uh, where Alan met Mark Worrell, in fact, and uh, from any of the sellers on a match day home or away and of course you can subscribe to it if you can't get it in person uh you can get it digitally by going to cfcuk.net and if you're in the usa you can follow at cfcukusa and get a proper copy if you contact dan lundberg on twitter at d lundberg underscore right me me hearties uh that is it for tonight uh, i'm afraid it's been great fun tonight uh, lots of very in, in, uh, insightful stuff really from from the boys uh now we'll be back next monday the 21st of january and we'll be talking all about the che- sheffield wednesday cup match chelsea v sheffield wednesday on sunday at six o'clock and the caribou cup semi-final second leg against spurs of course which is this thursday uh, and i will be joined by jonathan Clayton Beerman and the aforementioned Mark Warhol. <laughs> Sorry, Mark Warhol. No, no, uh, now, got, we've got uh, to, don't forget we've got to, to capitalise on this in some way. <laughs> really do. There's that. There's that David Bowie there is, song, isn't uh, there? Andy Warhol. Uh, yeah, Marco Warhol looks a scream. Hang him on my wall. Yeah, Marco Warhol. Marco Warhol. Marco Warhol scans. Marco yeah. Warhol scans. Yeah, like it. All right. So anyway, me, Jonathan Clayton and Marco uh, next Monday. But of course, before that, on Friday, don't forget to tune into the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport Radio uh, between 7 and 9 p.m. with me, Jonathan, Dan Silver and of course, 
larger than life Aaron Paul where we will hopefully be looking back at a victory against Spurs to take us to another League Cup final and of course previewing the FA Cup fourth round match against Sheffield Wednesday on Sunday and talking all things Chelsea so we'll have our quiz our Chelsea quiz I think it will possibly be players who've played for Chelsea and Sheffield Wednesday and of course we'll have uh uh, yes, we'll have an opposition view as well. I don't know who it will be, but it's, uh, it'll either be a Sheffield Wednesday blogger or an ex-player. So that'll be fun. So phone in, join in the show and debate with us live. We had some great calls this week. Yannick uh, phoned us up. Yannick was on good form, wasn't yeah, he, uh, Jonathan? Yeah, good boy. Yeah, and uh, and Mark, of course, Aurelius we had in there too, so that was good. So please phone us up. We love it when you phone us up. We can have a good old chat with you and talk about anything that's not on our script, which means you take over the show, which I love. Now, the number to call is, of course, 0208 70 20 558, and you can get Love Sport on 558 AM or uh, on your digital DAB channels, uh, and you can also get it through Radio Player TuneIn or lovesportradio.com. Do it. It's great fun. And, of course, that's available as a podcast shortly afterwards, as are all our shows. Uh, and they, they, you'll find them on ChelseaFacos.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, and all good podcast distributors. Now, follow us at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Tony at Jet UK, and Liam at Liam underscore Toomey on Twitter. And as I said before, check out the Fancast website, ChelseaFancast.com. Loads of good blogs up there. So there you go. Uh Liam, as always, it's been an absolute uh, delight to have you on the show. It's been far too long, but uh, you've made it more than worthwhile. It's been brilliant getting that insight today, particularly on the presser. So yeah, thank absolutely. You. No worries at all. Always a pleasure to talk Chelsea with you guys. Thank you, Liam. You, you, uh, you're yeah. you're yeah. Yeah. We love, your yeah, we love having them on. Logic is unsurpassed. You're the yin to Jonathan and I's yang. And for that, I am very grateful. Anyway, uh, Tony, as always, uh, well, it's been ages since we've had you yeah. on the show too. So it's yes, great to have I, you back, I mate. And I, I, yeah, I hope you, I hope you start do, feeling mate, a bit I better soon. Put in a quickie, which is um, uh, a bit of cross pollination, really. That so we did a pod in shed last week, and so it was episode ninety six, and um, it's a cracker in my view. So if anyone's really, really on a long journey, and you've listened to this, go and get that as well podinshed.com there you go just got to do that you know we're not a rival if you you want to listen to a show that if you yeah no 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 if you want to listen to a show that makes sense then listen to Tony's show (laughs) (laughs) you know what we described described, (laughs) if if the fan is 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 uh is is Nando's or an Aberdeen Angus steakhouse the podinshed is a little tuk-tuk selling coffee somewhere at the back of a station (laughs) that's how we see ourselves (laughs) (laughs) Although I have to say, D- Dean Mears says, "Don't listen if you're a Primark or a Dressage fan." No, no. fan. I alienated two communities in one sentence. There. <laughs> oh dear! You're getting some love, Tony. Here, Panky CFC. Panky CFC says, "Always a good listen." Yeah. The Podding Shed. I couldn't agree more. Right. Uh, well, we're honoured to have Tony come on here as regular as he does because you know he's got his own gig as well. So that's brilliant. Right. Last but by no means least, of course, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Thank you so much, mate. You've been a legend as always, and I look forward to seeing you on I Friday, look of course. To as well, they're, they're good shows, those on the Friday. And uh, as you said, the more people who ring in, the, the better it is. And take us off the script, as you said. Get off onto something else. Let's talk about other things. Because uh, I'm, I'm, uh, my views are, uh, are all over the place at the moment. I don't know what to believe. So, uh, you know, try and persuade me that yours is the right yeah. view of the club at the moment. I think we have. I, I think we. I think we've we've lured you into the dark oh, no, side, Jonathan. 
I do believe I we have to. grinning, but then it was an abject performance. So, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's not. You can't be happy and grinning as a Chelsea fan. You've got to be miserable like okay. us. That's how it works, yeah, man. I'm, you know I'm, that. You've, you've, you've taken me down into the depths now. So I'm, but I'm trying to get to the surface. I'm trying. I'm gonna, I can't make it. You got me. I know. It's, it's why we all drink so much, Jonathan. You see, I now you know why. Anyway, uh, you'll be fine. We'll cheer you up. We'll cheer you up, mate. Anyway, as I said, I'll see you on Friday. Look forward to it. All right, you lo- uh, lovely people in Mixley. You've been brilliant tonight. Loads of you in there. Really chuffed to see so many of you in there. Hope you've enjoyed it. I can see you've been rattling away on the old post on, on the on the message board. So I know you've having a, been having a good chat with each other. So uh, great to see you in there as always. Right, we've got to go. Thank you. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue. Keep it carefree. Keep it chels. Up the chels. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.